Hello and welcome back to the Eclipse Nation post-game show. The Clippers just won game five over the Dallas Mavericks by a score of 154 to 111. 154 points. I am joined by Blake Harris. And Blake, I mean, 154 points. What do, what do we have to say about this? I mean, uh, we talked about this in the last podcast, and I pretty much said, like, I, I hope the Clippers come out. They come out with an edge. They come out hungry. Um, I didn't expect 154 points. Um, I, I was watching the Clippers broadcast. So I'm not sure if they mentioned on the TNT broadcast, but the Clippers set their playoff franchise high in points with 154. The previous was 138 uh, back against Golden State, you know, four or five, six years ago, however long that was. I just want to know yeah. what – I just want to know what, like, the playoff high is because it has to be close. Like, they had to have been within reach of, like, an all-time NBA playoff high. Like, I feel like there's not that many teams that have put up 160, 170 in the playoffs. So, hopefully we can find that out sometime soon. But, yeah, 154 points. Uh, every, I mean, it feels like everyone is in double digits. What an incredible game. And I'm sure we'll get to some of the players who had really good games uh, in a few minutes. But that, that was a fantastic offensive performance from the Clippers. Desperately needed. Yeah, and, uh, you know, fantastic offense performance usually starts with Kawhi Leonard for the Clippers, and yeah. that was, again, the case today. Uh, he sort of just decided, like, none of you can defend me, not even a little, and I'm tired of waiting until the end of games, you know, to get this locked up, so I'm just going right. to do it at the start. Uh, when, he, when he decides that he wants to just be, like, a singular offensive force, he is terrifying. Um, I, I, I don't know a better way to describe it. He just there's nothing you can do to provide any resistance. It's incredible. Like that dunk that he had, right? that was unbelievable. I mean, the only thing that really stopped Kawhi today was the free throw line for some reason. I think he missed a pair of free throws twice, which I don't believe I've ever seen happen to Kawhi before. But I mean, what, 12 of 19 from the field, like uh, seven rebounds, four assists, 32 points. He just makes it happen without you even noticing that he's just, you know, destroying you little by little and the Mavericks had nothing to do against him Uh, just setting the tone for the Clippers like he does yeah I I said on the last podcast too about Kawhi scoring where you know all the years he was with the Spurs then when he was with Toronto you just you know you knew he was a great defensive player you knew that was you know kind of his bread and butter but watching him with the Clippers like I just can't believe how good offensively he is and how good offensively he's become but yeah tonight like it just seemed like he was playing a different game than the Mavericks were like they had no answer for him if Kawhi just not not surprised with Kawhi it seems like if he truly wanted to like if he went into the game with this mindset I feel like he could easily be getting 40 or 50 a game it's just that easy for him but he just says you know what 30 35 that's fine with me I'm just gonna do other things on the court but it's amazing how underrated he is when it comes to scoring the basketball yeah it's it's so strange because like I mean we've talked a lot about you know his passing improving over the course of the year. And like, that's great. And I wonder if like, you know, that just makes him even more difficult to guard because you don't know like what he's going to do in any situation. But I, he's just one of those players where like, I, I find myself constantly looking at the box score thinking like, Oh, I didn't even notice that he had that many points or, you know, like it's so another basket, another basket. I mean, most guys like you, you sort of feel them getting hot, you know, and you start to realize it. Like I'm, I was watching that Utah Denver game earlier today and like, Jamal Murray is like, it's very obvious when he's scoring that many points. And Donovan Mitchell, it's very obvious when he's scoring that many points. But Kawhi just, it, I mean, it's like his personality, right? He's just very in he's control. He's just a fun guy. He's just a fun guy. But it, 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 I, I know what you mean, though, because it just seems like it's tough to tell when he's like going off the way he is. I, th- I think it's just because every time, you know, they show him 
He has no emotion as per usual. It's not like he's going on this insane stretch where he's knocking down four or five threes in a row. It's just all of his buckets are just, you know, casual mid-range jumpers, turnaround jumpers, getting to the line. It's just the most nonchalant 30-point games that you can possibly ask for, which again, I mean, Tonight, obviously, you could look at the box score. If it was like any other game, I'd be like, Kawhi probably had 20 points or something like that. But no, it's, again, yet another 30-point game. I think I think he has 30 points in all five games so far. If not, he's been, he's been close for sure. But it, it truly, like I said, it's, it's truly amazing how consistent he's been in regards to scoring the ball. Okay, so I just looked it up. Uh, the most points scored by a single team in the postseason is 157. So if that last Clippers three goes in, I think it just like rimmed out from the corner, right? I forget who took it, but then they would have tied uh, the Boston Celtics in the 1990 postseason. That is Uh, remarkable. As it stands, the Clippers are currently third because the Milwaukee Bucks also put up 156 in 1970. So this is the first time in like a few years. So we're not going to see this again for some time, probably. I, I say that, and yet I just went further down the list and realized that Toronto put up 150 like two days ago. So. Yeah, right. They they up, The Clippers upped them by a few points. That's the anti there. Right. Yeah. We talk, you know, all, all this time about the historic offense that Dallas had. The Clippers are just outscoring them, which I don't think was the formula going into this series. I think the hope was that they would be able to defend the Mavericks a little bit more consistently. Right. Uh, I do think we should get to that at some point because I thought they did a better job on that end today, but... Yeah, I mean, if it's if it's a shootout, the the Clippers also have the the tools to succeed in that kind of series. And twenty two three pointers today. I mean, I think they set the franchise record for a playoff game at sixteen, and then just kept going. Kept going. Yeah, even the guys that were coming into the end, like Patterson, was knocking down some threes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, it, it's just one of those nights where when everyone's got it, everyone just kind of feeds off of it. Where even in those final five six minutes, when they just cleared the bench and they brought everyone in. Like every time they shot the ball, I was thinking this is going and this is going in. Montrez even hit a three. Yeah. Like that's how you know it's your night. That's how you know everything's going right for you when Montrez Harrell is knocking down threes. So yeah, 22 threes. Uh, I mean, it's I think when they were in the bubble, one of their games, they set their franchise record with threes made. It was like 25, 26 or something like that. So when the Clippers, I mean, you could say with any NBA team, but when when you're knocking down your threes, you're you're a tough team to beat. Yeah, I mean the Clippers are already so good in the mid range, like Lou Williams and Kawhi Leonard, they just, you know, take up shop there essentially. <laughs> so if you add that extra element to the offense, I think let's, let's just look down the list. Today. Like multiple people had multiple threes. You've got four from Marcus Morris, four from Paul George, three each from Landry Shamit, Reggie Jackson. And then you mentioned those three from Patrick Patterson and garbage Rodney time. Though I, I think Rodney the last McGruder. like 18 minutes of the game were garbage time to be frank, but <laughs> Uh, yeah, not not a lot really to nitpick about the Clippers in this one. I know uh, it's it's kind of easy to do that when you're covering a title contender and expecting really great things about them. But this was a right. this is just like a complete performance. I I feel very pleased with the way they came out. You know, uh, we've sort of had this pattern in the series where like you know they took one, Dallas took one, and it's gone through five games. And I ideally that would not continue through six games, but right. they took Dallas's best bunch last game and they just said, okay, well, I think we're the better team, and they showed that. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, again, I, I was expecting a, a big performance from them, but I, I wasn't expecting this. Everything just, it seemed to go right. We already talked about Kawhi, but Paul George, I mean, I, like I said, he was due. Like, you're yeah. not going to have four games in a row, at least I hope not, where he looked, he looked awful. And the fact that right away, first shot of the game, and I think Doc even made sure he drew that play up where mm-hmm. we're getting Paul George the first shot of the game. He drains it, and 
next position, he shoots a three, he misses. But already, we talked about it on the last podcast, we want Paul George to be confident. Even if he's going 0 for 10 from deep, as long as he's consistently shooting the ball, we'll take that. And Paul George, he had the confidence today. Look, I'm getting, like, all these notifications, I guess, of stuff Paul George was saying post-game. And I guess he was saying that he was, like, in a dark place. Like, mm-hmm. the last few days were a bad place for him. Doc Rivers, like, visited him, like, in his hotel room and talked some sense into him. So, Paul George, he uh, desperately needed that. I mean, 35 points, 12 of 18 from the field, knocked down four threes. I mean, you, you couldn't have asked for a better game. Like, if you had to drop how exactly you wanted the game to go for Paul George, I think this is it. I, he was fantastic. And the most, uh, the best thing I take out of this, his confidence now is back. Like, he's going to go into game six. He's going to want to score 30 again. He's going to want to do it. And I think the, I think the last game – um, I think it woke up a sleeping giant in the Clippers because I think they know that they could have won the series tonight. They probably should have won the series tonight had Luka not made that incredible shot. But I, I think in the long run, this actually might help the Clippers. It gives them an extra game to kind of get everyone together, get everyone on the same page. And, you know, it's because if, if the series were to end tonight, because that Denver, that Utah series, that might go on for a few more days or something. Mm-hmm. The Clippers, they might not be playing for another week. Now they have another game under their belt on Thursday get this going again, maybe get Paul George another game, maybe get, Mon- I mean, Montrez Harrell, who I said in the last podcast as well, he's been having a rough series. He had a fantastic game tonight, and, you know, it was great for him, and now they get another game before, hopefully, they move on to the next series. But yeah, overall, I mean, this was just, it was needed desperately by so many players. And, uh, again, <laughs> I'm just going to say it every time I'm done talking, 154 points. because the, <laughs> It's a big number. I mean, it's like something you might not, I mean, eventually I'm sure we'll see it, but maybe by the Clippers, like, you're, they're not going to score 154 points, I don't think, anytime soon in the playoffs or in the regular season because it's just so rare. Right. So you, you brought up 154 again. Uh, I kind of want to go back to the 111 because, believe it or not, that's the lowest number that Dallas has scored in the series. So even on a night when the Clippers, like, ran up the score and, you know, kind of defense could have been optional for the last quarter, this is still the fewest points they've conceded to Dallas. And, you know, part of it, again, Porzingis was out tonight. Um Hopefully he's back for game six because you just, you never want to see someone end their season on the bench. That's just never fun. Right. Uh, but like the Clippers bottled up Luka Doncic. This was the first time where I felt like, okay, this is the regular season team. I remember covering Luka Doncic. He just, it seemed like he always had one or two guys just attached to him. He couldn't really find any airspace. He was getting frustrated. You know, he got called for a technical foul. He was consistently asking the refs for more fouls, um, which I got to say, I, I know like everyone's like super in love with Luca. He's, he's got to cut down the whining just like, just a little bit. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> just a he's little like bit. Blake and CP out there with the whining. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I really thought that the Clippers, obviously the offensive fireworks, you know, were the easy thing to pay attention to, but the more noticeable thing to me was that they really brought the defensive intensity today in a way that they simply haven't over the last few games. And maybe that's easier when Porzingis has been playing, you know, didn't seem to be the case in game four, but that's the identity that they wanted to create for themselves during the season. And this is the first time in this series where I felt, okay, yeah, that's the Clippers team I remember seeing back in March. Yeah. The amazing thing is like, I just want to look at the box score just to see what Luca finished with. I mean, if you don't watch the game and you just hear 22 points, you know, eight rebounds, four assists, you're like, <laughs> okay, that's a, that's a solid that's game. Yeah, but when you watch the game, I mean, he looked I mean, compared to what we've seen, especially coming off that last game, he didn't look good at all. What the Clippers did, I mean, as you said, it's easier without Porzingis. I mean, if I was Doc, I would just say, dub him on every on every possession. If Trey Burke 
if you know Finney Smith, if these guys are beating us, like so mm-hmm. be it. But I, I thought what they did, especially early on, I mean, it just seemed like I mean, I think Luca he he hit like a you know kind of a little a close shot like within the first two minutes. But aside from that, it just seemed like nothing was easy for him. You can kind of tell that he was stressed. He was kind of annoyed with just the way they were playing him and just, I guess, the way the game was going for the Mavericks and Clippers. But, I, I mean, they did a fantastic job where, I said this again, it's, or as you said, it's kind of like what they were doing earlier in the year when they were playing the Mavericks in those mm-hmm. matchups. So, you know, I, I got no problem with, again, Tim Hardaway, Trey Burke, you know, Seth Curry, any of these guys. If, if they're on, they're on and that you can't do anything about it. But if you're able to limit Luka – uh, Doc will say that this is probably the best game they've defended him, mm-hmm. and it is. But the fact that he had 22 points, I was actually shocked by because it, it, definitely, it definitely didn't seem like he had 22. Uh, maybe because he got nine of those from the free throw line, that's that probably plays, plays a role with it. But yeah, it just seemed like he was not involved all night. Yeah, I guess when you get to 111, like somebody's got to score 20, you know, just like Someone's the numbers have to add up at some point. But yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that the Clippers have been far too content going one-on-one with him, which I get. Like if you have guys like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and even Marcus Morris to a certain extent, like maybe you feel comfortable that you can cover him with one guy. But, you know, we've gotten to the point where he is the, like the the sun and the stars, like he, like everything orbits around him in this Dallas offense. And so Maybe it's not the way you want to play, but he sort of demands that extra attention. And like, uh, you know, Doc at the start of his press conference said that like, we tried trapping him earlier in the series. Like we tried doubling him. We just, our our execution was so bad that it didn't look like it. But today, you know, you really felt those extra bodies on Luca. Like he was just covered all the time. And the Mavericks did not shoot well from three today. I think they ended up uh, 12 of 37. Uh, Doc made a joke pregame about how, like, if Seth keeps playing this well, he's going to be his ex-son-in-law, and <laughs> Seth did not play well today. I think it was the first bad game he's had all series. Uh, but, yeah, those those bench players have been killing the Clippers this entire series. You know, uh, Seth, Trey Burke, although Trey's moved in the starting lineup for the last couple of days, Boban. Um, but uh, the one stretch, actually, that really impressed me was, uh, obviously, in the first quarter, the Clippers fall down 16-9, and then they make that 19-0 run, and it seems like, okay, like we've got something going. They're up by 19 at the end of the first quarter. And then Dallas makes like this little bit of a run at the start of the second. They pull within 16. Doc calls timeout, which I know, Blake, you mentioned the other day. You were really mad that he did it. I, I was so happy with that. I was, <laughs> was going to tweet on the Clips Nation account. I was like, oh, my God, did Doc just call a timeout? But I was like, I don't know how many people would truly understand it. So I laid <laughs> off. But I was like, wow, Doc. Yes. Yeah, so Doc calls a timeout. And then the Clippers immediately go on an 11-0 run. And I thought that to me was really the most important sequence because yeah. the, the bench lineups have just been killing them. You know, Trez has been beaten by Boban. Seth and Trey Burke have just been getting into the lane at will. And they had an answer for everything, every one of those options today. I mean, I think Burke still end up with 15 points, but again, 111 points, they have to come from somewhere. Uh, so yeah, I, I really appreciated that that effort continued all the way through the second quarter because, you know, we saw just one game ago how Dallas can make remarkable comebacks early in the game uh, so yeah that's that's kind of what stood out to me was that not only did they put their foot on the ass early but they just like stayed in control the entire way through doc i mean after the after the clippers lost game two i remember everyone was giving a bunch of criticism and whatnot and then game three he came out what was it he put shaman in the starting lineup zoo got more minutes and everyone was like yes doc you're back this is what exactly we like to see mm-hmm. last game Doc had a lot of questionable things that he did. And tonight, 
Doc was a great coach again, many moves. And like you said, calling the timeout. And look what happened after he called timeout. You stop the run. You want to <laughs> run of your own. And just, again, the game plan he had with guarding Luca, just overall, just how he managed the lineups, I thought was fantastic. I thought this was his best coach game of the series. And again, it's easy to say that when they're scoring 154 points and no one's missing a shot. So I'll, I'll give some credit to the offense, but yeah, I mean, doc, he adjusted. Well, I'll give props to him because I wasn't a fan of what he did last game. And yeah, he, he really surprised me today. And again, when, it, again, when everyone's making shots, it's tough to really find any negative aspects about it. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't really find any today, but again, just, I, I think doc deserves a lot of credit for how he coached this game. Absolutely. So looking forward, uh, do you think that this is a sign of the Clippers figuring out the Mavericks and they will continue over this energy into game six? Or are we going to fall back in that same pattern where the Clippers made their adjustment? Now Rick Carlisle is going to make his adjustment and Dallas gets back in the series. Because I mean, the interesting thing is you, you would have thought last game without Porzingis, Mm-hmm. They would have won by 40, but you would have thought the Clippers would have come out. I mean, they were winning by 20. So had the Clippers just held on to their lead, you know, they win that, that game by 15 to 20. They blow this game out. So it looks like for the most part, the Clippers kind of have the Mavericks number, I think, without mm-hmm. Porzingis. It was just a brutal collapse on their part. So I, I think that, I mean, it depends on Porzingis, whether he's out or not there. I hate when they do this in the playoffs, when they just don't stay He's done for the series. Yeah. We'll, we'll find out more tomorrow. Like, same thing with Pat Bev. Like, after game two, just say he's probably going to be out two weeks. But he no, looked it's, pretty great on the which, warm-ups that they that showed Twitter, I saw that Twitter video. I was thinking yeah. he's going to play today, but it was probably smart not to play him. Mm-hmm. So, again, I, I don't know if Porzingis is going to be healthy or not. I hope he is because I just I want to have their best guys out there. But if Porzingis isn't out there, I, I – I think the Clippers are going to do what they did today, what they did in the first, you know, one and a half quarters, the last game, and they're, they're going to dominate. If Porzingis does play, I still think they're going to make their adjustments. They're going to work some things out. But I said this earlier, I, I just think that last game losing like that, it woke a sleeping giant. And the Clippers, I don't think they were happy being tied 2-2 in this series with the Mavericks. They probably were expecting a sweep. They were probably expecting five games or worse. And they know that a bunch of people have been talking negatively about them you know, after being tied with the Mavericks. So, just like I said, regardless of Pat Bev plays, if Porzingis plays, I just think the Clippers, I, again, they're not going to win by 40, which would be fantastic if they did. But <laughs> It I, makes I, the recap writing a lot easier, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I was going to say – after about halftime, the, the recap, you didn't really need to worry about anything <laughs> happening, about any changes, like the last game when it was just going back and forth like crazy. So I, I, I think that the Clippers will be fine in the next game. I, I think they're hungry, they're motivated, and uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. I, I feel like a lot of what the Clippers did today is sustainable, even if, you know, obviously they're not going to hit 22 threes, but it's sustainable for Paul George to be confident. It's sustainable for Kawhi Leonard to attack the basket and just dominate everyone in his way. It's sustainable for Montrezl Harrell to have this level of energy. I mean, Lou Williams only even scored eight points today, right? Yeah. Yeah, Lou only scored eight. I mean, in in what universe is Lou Will scoring eight points and you're thinking, oh, hell of an offensive performance by the Clippers. Patrick Patterson scored more points than Lou Williams did (laughs) today. three threes, right? (laughs) In five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) That guy has green light to shoot whenever he gets in the game he, he was doing that like in game two or three this season i think when they were playing golden state on the road yeah he that's just right line them up and hey if uh, if need be if we need patrick patterson to come in at some point the fact that he could you know hoist threes defensively i don't want to even think about what's going to happen on that end but if he's able to knock down threes i'll take it yeah 
So yeah, I think uh, I'm 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 sort of on the same side as you. The that was just an embarrassing effort that happened in game four, regardless of how it ended. You know, the, the point was that they were up by 21 and they let go of, you know, control of the game against a team that was missing its second best player. And that shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen, you know, in a normal situation. That shouldn't happen when you're a title contender. They let it happen. And they clearly came back with a renewed focus today. I, my gut says that this is going to be a six game series. Uh, and even though I picked four to start, but I have a lot of confidence in this Clippers team. If Pat Beverly had been healthy, I still think four would have been a good prediction. But yeah, I think that they've figured some things out. Uh, the, the defense just looked so much better today. And that's really where I think this team hangs its hat. So yeah, hopefully we get a, not a repeat performance, but a similar outcome in game six. Yeah, we, we said this we said this last time where Paul George, I think today, I mean, I know he scored, but I mean, he had, you know, three rebounds, two assists, which I don't care. I mean, he scored 35 points, I'll take it. And we yeah. said this, if Paul George is scoring, you don't need 35. If Paul George can give 20. you 25 points or even 20, yeah. If he, if he can get you 27 rebounds, five assists, the Clippers aren't going to lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, plain and simple. The fact that they were close the last game when he scored nine points or something like that. The fact the other games he scored like 11, 13. So, you know, if he's able to come out, score 20, 25, if Montrez can, he doesn't have to play like he did today, which it'd be great if he did, but if Montrez can get you 15 off the bench, Lula's going to get his. The Clippers can't be beaten unless it's going to take a Luka performance. We'll be saw last game for it to be done. So I, I think Paul George, I think his confidence is an all-time high now. I think he wants to ride this out. I think Paul George wants to have game six tomorrow. I think he's ready. <laughs> I think he wants to get out there immediately. So if Paul – because we know Ka- Kawhi the, – the fact – like I don't know what his averages are right now, but it's probably something like 32 points. He's hit 30 in each of the last four games. So, so yeah, it's got to be he's something. He's probably like averaging like 32 mm-hmm. eight something like that and it's just the quietest amazing styling you've ever seen so he'll get his it all comes down to paul george but yeah i i i think this is going to be over in six i'm going to be shocked even if porzingis plays and pat bev's out i'm going to be shocked if uh, this game goes to seven yeah i think uh i think that's a good place to end so make sure you are checking out all of our coverage of the series on clipsnation.com and if you enjoyed the show please subscribe on itunes or spotify We'll continue to be having these recaps after each game, which hopefully will be one more for this series. Hopefully. (laughs) All right. Uh, Again, the Clippers win 154 to 111. That's a franchise record. And uh, see you all for game six. Mm -hmm.